Hello everyone, welcome back to Spill the Bee, the student-led podcast brought to you by Kent Business School. I'm your host Zed and today's episode is They Mean Business. From business lectures to business big shots, breaking the barrier, student edition. We are joined today by a wonderful student and entrepreneur, Lewis. Do you want to introduce yourself, Lewis? Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Lewis. I have just finished my third year of uh, international business at Kent and um, I am I guess you could call it an entrepreneur uh, starting my own business uh, called The Reality Room. Um, would you like me to go into depth what The Reality Room is? Or? Yes, please. Yeah, so uh, The Reality Room is basically a virtual reality escape room experience that is sort of aimed at educating and giving experiences to people which which they can't get anywhere else. So in the <laughs> sense of either putting people in times that they haven't got access to such as the past and future or putting them in locations which not a lot of people would get involved with say say even in space or in various different countries so there's a lot of flexibility and aspects to the rooms but um i'm starting with a room actually based in canterbury uh mm-hmm. based in sort of medieval times and we're going to be building a uh, escape room experience based around sort of the folklore and the history in canterbury oh wow that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's an interesting experience because obviously there's a lot of history and even, you know, obviously the Canterbury Towers especially, there was a lot of uh, sort of folklore that was based around like, the local local city. And I think not a lot of people know about it. And I really want to captivate not only in a an educational sense, but also being able to have people enjoy learning you know it doesn't feel like you're watching a presentation or you're doing a class you can actually be engaging and and uh, sort of get involved with being immersed in the experience 100 what better way to make it fun than to do an escape room <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly that so because i love escape rooms i you know I've, I've done them all in canterbury and that was the the thing that i noticed is i want to sort of bring both passions together so i'm really interested in tech and new technology and I sort of thought, well, how can I flip this on its head and turn this into a into a business idea, really? That's really, really cool. It's a great mix of technology, honestly. Technology with the classic escape rooms, it's kind of the future, I say. And yeah. everyone going towards experiences nowadays. So an experience like this would be unmatched. That's exactly it. And like this is where sort of the idea stemmed from is I saw the issue with escape rooms. And it's fundamental that, you know, as soon as someone does the escape room once, then they can't do it again because they know all the puzzles, they know the experience and they know and they don't really want to do it again because they want to move on to a new room. Whereas obviously bringing in things like VR, I can change the room on the fly and have it so it adapts to how the player is playing. So the the games and the uh, puzzles may be completely different every time they play. So you'll have that obviously repeat customers. Definitely. You've really thought through the business plan. No, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of escape rooms. Like me and my family love doing escape rooms. Whenever we're together, we'll book an escape room together, mm-hmm. and well, there will always be a fight somehow. <laughs> it's because we all are very opinionated, but we do always end up getting out in time. That's good, yeah. Because obviously, that's that's the thing I've found is that I do the family, I do it with my family and friends a lot, and um, it depends on who you're playing with. It completely depends on how you how you navigate it. Because either you work together really well as a team or it becomes an independent base where I think with me looking at VR, you have to physically work together because not only are you in the same physical space, but you're in the same virtual space. So it's highly important that you work together um, as one and understand where people are and and what they're doing um, in order to sort of progress. 
exactly teamwork makes the dream work <laughs> exactly that exactly yeah. yeah so obviously i don't i don't know if um obviously it's been said in the uh, podcast before but obviously this was stemmed from the business startup journey which yes. i'm sure a lot of people again are familiar with whether that be just hearing it or actually participating um and yeah they just sort of put me in the frame of mind is to go well what is the problem you know start start stemming you know your idea from a problem rather mm -hmm. than I want to earn loads of money. I want to, you know, I want to find the product that will sell the most. You know, you yeah. find a find a problem and find a solution. Um, and so, sorry, Kara. When you did this business startup journey, how was the process like for you? Like, did you start off with the idea of like something to do with escape rooms, or did, well, did you not even think of that until you started the journey? Honestly, I I did the journey uh, in my first year and just to see what it was like because I've been interested in having my own business, but it was really in second year where I was like, okay, I've got, I want to create something. Um, but I didn't have the escape room idea. That sort of, that sort of came sort of midway through. Um, it was sort of a mad rush at the end to get my pitch done and, and put in my business plan and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, I had, I had the idea midway through and, um, I sort of worked with, you know, both Adam and Rebecca there at the, um, startup journey and, we sort of discuss ideas and, and what I want to do with it and really hone in on why I want to do it. I think mm -hmm. that was the biggest thing I noticed was, you know, it's easy to go, right, this is the problem. So the solution must be this, but realistically the solution could be something completely separate, which you haven't actually thought of yet, which is a bit like what I came from. I said, I thought, Oh, okay. I, li I like the idea of augmented virtual reality. I like the skate rooms. Let's try and make the original idea was to make a, an augmented reality escape room. So somebody may use their iPad or, or a headset and physically walk around a room that was set up like an escape room, but they would have things virtually come up. But as time went on, I saw that wasn't a viable option. So then I moved into more sort of understanding virtual reality. And this is where it's got to today, where I'm, I'm dead set on, I will be using virtual reality to physically fully immerse someone in an experience rather than having a semi you know, sort of virtual and real world, you're fully in a virtual world. So you have to become immersed within the world you're in. Exactly. And it, it's such a, it, it is a very immersive experience, even though it's virtual, you feel like it's actually there, which is the best part about it. That's I think. it. That is it. Um, and I've done loads of research into how, you know, how to use virtual reality to really hone in on people's senses. So if you have the majority of your senses, um, sort of used within an experience uh your your brain then tricks yourself into thinking this is reality this is what i'm physically doing so obviously with virtual reality you have obviously your sight as in what you see through the lenses then you obviously you can have audio you can have um touch feel so i mean i'm sort of experimenting with the idea of having a the rooms basically will be blank mm -hmm. um however i could you know i could have hot air in a corner where there may be a torch or i could have air rushing through as if it was like a draft from a window so yeah. adding all of these things up you slowly become a bit more immersed in the experience rather than just putting on a headset and then just looking around thinking okay this is cool but I, i'm understanding i'm in a room still exactly do you think that would be kind of 
it would mess with people's minds when they're in this virtual place and they just feel <laughs> hot air coming <laughs> from a torch in their in their VR headset. I do, yeah, because I've done loads of research into more of the science behind it, and um, there was there's been plenty of companies that have done this, and and they physically have to put you in, uh, they have to get you to trust where you are. So it might be the case of you walking with a headset and you have all this on, and you think, okay, I know where I am, but they'll make you sit down in the real world to understand, okay, you are you are here. You know, you need to understand what's around the room, how to navigate properly. Otherwise, people do become very disorientated um, and very quickly. So it's, it's a bit of a balancing act between making it so immersive that someone feels like they're there, but also making it comfortable enough to have the experience and then come out of it and not feel, you know, either nauseous or... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> no, just, it, it does seem like when talking about VR, it's such a new thing yet it's still been developing for years and the point it's at now it's so commercially viable to use it in these situations that it makes sense that people are implementing it into their businesses oh most definitely you know i, I worked as a sort of a vr consultant uh, just from all my knowledge and research gained from from the reality room for a company um to develop a solution and um you know, I learned so much just from that side of it. You know, how to how would it put it in a commercial sense? Like why it would be so needed for training or sort of accessibility uh, or even stakeholder value. You know, we were looking at it as in the sense of being able to physically show someone what you're going to do without just looking at a picture on a screen creates a completely different, you know, sort of aspect to this potential project or plan or whatever you'll be doing. So, you know, as we as you said, VR is almost in its infancy but it's becoming so commercially viable in both sort of uh, you know as a as a consumer but also a business it's quite remarkable but like you can buy a vr headset you know a standalone vr headset like the oculus quest for like 300 pounds exactly and everyone's been getting them everyone's been using them to play games yeah. might as well make a real game in a room as an escape room <laughs> exactly exactly that and that's that's sort of where I'm really excited about it is because as it becomes more and more viable for people to put on headsets, you know, I hadn't ever used a VR headset until I did the uh, startup journey. You know, they had, they had a workshop where we used VR headsets and it was really eye opening because you can physically put yourself in a position where you either, you know, you might not want to go or you couldn't go. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I've been discussing this in various, as I said, various different senses, but um even in the sense of say in psychology or mental health you know you you can put someone in a position which they won't be comfortable in real life or maybe dangerous to them mm-hmm. but give put them in a virtual world and they're completely safe they can be sitting in a chair and it doesn't there's no risk to them at all it's this it's quite yeah. a remarkable technology which is constantly evolving which is why well, it's hard to keep up no 100 percent, i can imagine is that kind of where your inspiration came from when you tried the, the VR headsets um, in the startup journey? That- oh, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It was, uh, for, unfortunately, because obviously um, where I wear glasses, I have a, quite a high prescription. Um, it's very difficult to find a headset that will fit and so I can actually use it properly. But even understanding what capacity a VR headset could do for someone, mm-hmm. it was sort of eye-opening. And that's where the, it sort of stemmed from thinking, okay, I could use that you know, that's something I could use. I'd, I've, that's where the research sort of started. And then yeah. that's when the, the discussion started with saying, you know, is the reality room a viable thing, a viable business for the future? 
hundred percent. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I wear glasses too, but I'm not really sure how VR would work with people who wear glasses. <laughs> so do you have to like take your glasses off, or can you wear them under the headset? It it like I found it completely depends on the headset. Um, like I, for example, have an Oculus Rift which I've been developing on, and my glasses are fine. Um, I've also used a HTC Vive, which is like a more of a, a higher end headset um, and they work fine. Whereas say things like the Oculus Quest, you would, they're not as comfortable in your head. It just depends on how big your glasses are, what, what you need to do. But I couldn't physically not wear glasses. I, can't, I couldn't even see the thing. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. So it's nice because I'm developing in a way that will meet a lot of people's requirements. So yep. making sure if you wear glasses, it doesn't matter. You know, if you if you don't, great. It, it doesn't really make a difference. Um, it's just having that ability to find the right hardware that will meet my needs going forward as is providing quite difficult because it's constantly changing. There's new ones coming out every, you know, exactly. every year. <laughs> yeah, it's so. definitely constantly developing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most definitely so that that's that's the thing is that i'm keeping up with and even down to like things like um the software side of it like i use a a game engine called unity to that i'm creating the room with and um they recently well recently to me i had to change over all of the inputs for the vr headset um from an old version to their new version and that took a lot of like sort of learning and adapting and Definitely. it's it's either you get stuck in the past or you or you keep up with the trend in order to sort of succeed so this constant change in technology is is hard but it's benefit it's going to benefit me in the long run 100 percent Um, you seem to be very proficient in gaming and in computing as well, but you do international business. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Where you get into coding and like computing with? <laughs> to be honest with you, I sort of where I don't, I wouldn't say I'm conventional in the sense of I've done an online course in coding and I've learned this and learned that. I've more, whatever I enjoy, I'll research more and more. So to do with this project, I've had to dive into every little aspect of how to create a game, how to then create VR. It, they're very different things, but they, they have to link very like easily. Um, but it sort of stemmed from just loads of YouTube videos, loads of articles, loads of papers, loads of research, you know, um, which is quite self-learned. And it's quite, in reality, it's probably a slower way of learning, mm-hmm. um, but which is why I'm trying to speed that up because I'll be doing a master's in computer science next year. So I'm, I'm trying to sort of, you know, know what, have my knowledge now and okay. then develop it by having, by doing a master's and then that will help me both in business sense and, and personally. Definitely. Alongside your entrepreneur title, we need to now put self-taught game program <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'm any type of expert i think the thing is there's so much res- there's so many resources information and mm-hmm. uh, and and the, the access to it is free it, you you just have to want to find it and want to learn that that's all it is and i think that's where you know i'm not the i'm not the best at sitting down doing a course reading the book and you know I'm, I'm not that way inclined but if i know there's a project and i know i need to learn how to navigate around using teleportation in vr 
I'll look, I'll spend hours of research because I enjoy it. And I know it's for an end purpose. So Definitely. I think if if you are in a state of mind where you're going, oh, I don't really want to learn about that. It seems boring. These are the fundamentals I don't need to learn. But I put put it into a sense of what you will gain out of it. You know, if you're either if you are an entrepreneur, if you want to uh, create a business, if you if you know, okay, I'm going to need a really nice website. Okay, mm. we'll learn how to how to create a website. Whether that be you know down to the little things of just doing a bit of HTML coding, mm-hmm. just the fundamentals, and then you can get someone else in, but at least you'll understand the language and what they're saying when they talk to you. Definitely. Just knowing the foundations and then building yourself from that. Oh, most definitely. You, like, you know, I've come to the realisation you're never going to be an expert unless you physically think in one, one specific field, and I don't think that's viable as an entrepreneur. You have to be in so many. Yeah, well, you have to have so many different baskets uh, to put your eggs at that. It's a, it's a known thing. So you can't be an expert in one area. You need to have a really diverse knowledge base. And so, don't get me wrong. I'm, as I say, I've learned a little bit of coding, and I'm, you know, semi proficient, but nothing to the extent of you know some developers that i talk to definitely How, however i have to think about everything else even to do with you know which is why i'm on a business course is to look at the marketing the finance you know exactly. how to engage with customers you know csr every every little aspect that you wouldn't have to think of as a developer 100 percent. i completely agree with that um mm. in terms of actually starting your business and kind of making it getting into that fruition that stage of like it's physically there when do you think you're going to have that ready so my uh, my plan is to gain a bit of knowledge with my masters into more of the finite routes and then mm-hmm. midway through my masters i hope to demo a room so it'll only be a short experience maybe 15 20 minutes um, mm-hmm. with a few puzzles but i want to get some customer experience on the headset to see what they like and what they don't like because you know i'm looking i've done as much research physically as possible myself but until someone puts on a headset it changed that it could be a complete different so you know the, the aim the end goal is to be sort of during my master's demo a room um mm-hmm. hopefully up at the university have people come in you know from all different ages all different backgrounds and just play it see what they think give me feedback you know what they like what they don't like um and go from there definitely uh well i'd like to put my hand up first of all and say if you need a test subject i'm i'm always available <laughs> excellent <laughs> that would be i would love to do that if you're gonna if you're gonna do it in canterbury i'm there <laughs> i'm willing to pay whatever amount there is <laughs> amazing yeah that, that's the thing is that i think you know it's all going to be free it just needs i'm going to speak to aspire obviously up at the uni mm-hmm. and uh i've spoken to rebecca and she seems very on board with ongoing help so uh, you know it's that type of help that as a startup you need you need access to not only people but locations and, and having that ability to just go and set up in a room um, with my goal of sort of having it as an independent setup where I can move it around as much as I want, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is sort of where the business is going. I, I'm hoping to have mobile escape rooms. There won't be a static location, say in Canterbury. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do almost like pop-up rooms in various locations to have people all over the UK experience, you know, okay. a, a VR escape room. Exactly. They wouldn't have to come to a certain location. It would come to them. Exactly. Because that's that's where another issue will be is like I spoke to a, um, a company that, that had an escape room in Canterbury, um, which they bid for, I think, a year, 
year and a half and they just left it because there wasn't enough repeat customers you know there's a massive influx of students that come in obviously in september mm-hmm. but from then you're you're very limited to the local environment so <laughs> that's very true so that um, was one of the main things that i was a bit I was, I was, I was trying to work out what the best way around that. And I sort of discussed with various people about having pop-up mobile sort of escape rooms and, you know, people really like the idea. So that's sort of the avenue I want to take. That sounds amazing. Honestly, one big thing is obviously with any new startup or any new business, you really have to look at the challenges and the difficulties you're going to face. Is there anything specific that you faced uh, during your time while starting up the business? Yeah, I'd say that, well, especially in this type of industry, there's so many challenges continuously ongoing, you know, that you have to have to engage with. Obviously, like I said earlier, with, um, you know, this this shift in updates uh, mm-hmm. on the software, which was a big challenge. You have to you have to adapt to what a large company is doing as a small company. So you have to be very um, flexible and the ability to change needs to be very high. Um, I'd say the, one of the biggest ones that I sort of come across is, when I was thinking of the idea and wanting to go forward, you know, the problem sort of arise when you go, okay, I want to use PR and then, okay, so now I need to figure out what headset I want to do, what, you know, uh, software I want to use, how am I going to distribute it? You know, am I going to do this so anybody can buy it on say steam or is it going to be, you know, um, myself going around? So I think I had constant challenges going through because there's that, inherent need to sort of keep up with this developing technology so and i'm well aware that's going to be ongoing but it's trying to forecast yourself you know say 6 12 24 months down the line and then go okay what what will work for me then as well as now you know you don't want to be buying a, a head a, you know headset every exactly. six months i want exactly. something that will work now and will work in 12 months sort of exactly. you want to be realistic in your kind of predictions in the future and I think that's the thing. The future is so out of our control, yet we do need to kind of focus on it as well. Um, oh, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. You know, it's even like, uh, say, mobile phones. You know, mm-hmm. every, every six months or 12 months, there's a whole new ream of technology that people are like, wow, this is amazing. It's the same with VR. You know, they, either they get, you know, higher resolution or, you know, they're, they get they're more comfortable or they have built-in headphones or they, you know, are faster or they have higher refresh rates. There's all these aspects mm-hmm. that you either, you know, keep going, okay, I need the newest thing, but sometimes it doesn't actually work because then you're working with a product that doesn't fit the needs of the business, which is mm-hmm. why at the moment I'm trialing various different headsets just to see what will work for me for yeah. what I want to do, you know, whether that be standalone where, you know, the headset is not, hasn't got a wire going to a PC, it may, or would that work better? Because if the game requires, you know, a, a higher, you know, a more powerful PC to run the game, I need to think, okay, well, will that impact people navigating around the room? So 100%. it's challenges like this that you don't really think about as, as I was starting, I didn't really have much idea but as it's developed and these things crop up you have to just adapt to it exactly adaptability and flexibility are probably two of the most important things for an entrepreneur to have because definitely. you won't be able to deal with the challenges that you face in the business world and that's oh, really- definitely yeah and and like obviously especially if you're in a technology-based business 
adaptability is one of the key parts of it. You cannot be rigid. Everything has to be fluid. That there's no there's no denying technology will change. It's just how you how you work with it. Exactly. But with that innovation does come massive like scope for growth. So oh, yes, yeah. Grow immensely compared to when you first started. Within a year, you could be at a completely different level. Oh, definitely. And like, I'm even looking at the, you know, things are starting developing with um, sort of haptics, which are, you know, you say you put on a vest or a glove, mm-hmm. you know, you physically feel something touch you. You know, that if that becomes more viable in the future, that'd be something I'd be looking at as well. You know, it gives that person an extra element of, of the reality room. So as you say, things now can be very different in two years time. Um, but it's just keeping up to date as much as physically possible. Exactly. If anyone wants an example of haptics, the first thing that came to my mind was the iPhone buttons. When yes. they went yeah. to the eight, they weren't actual physical buttons. They just responded like it was a button, which was, I, I, del- I delved a lot into haptics as well. I was like, oh, wow, like, this is really interesting. Add yeah. that new dimension of like, reality and virtual at the same time. Exactly. And I think that's where people really you know there's the archaic way of thinking about a vr headset is it's clunky you know you put your phone in a cardboard box and put it on your head you know that was used a lot as a cheap way of getting into vr but it's even now developed so much that you know i i've I've played experiences where i'm on the international space station you know and and you and you physically think wow this is amazing i'm looking down at earth you know whilst navigating around the space station <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing it honestly is amazing so when these new developments come out like omnidirectional treadmills and stuff where people are running on the spot and being able to you know walk and run mm-hmm. it's just amazing like uh, one of the things i have to look at is um the ability to make a you know a small physical footprint large within a game um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a major challenge I've been having recently, which is I'm starting to look into redirected walking, which is basically where you trick your brain into uh, thinking you're going straight. But you might be walking at a slight sort of uh, right or left. You know, it's like walking in a circle. That's the easiest way of describing it. You we walk in a circle, but if you play the game where it's moving slightly faster than your brain, mm-hmm. it will trick you to thinking you're going straight. So you'll be able you're able to make a small room very big you know um or having you know things like uh say the 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 room had a few walls set up you could have someone walk around the area once but then as they walk around again the scene has changed but they physically walk around the same space again exactly so the mind in that sense Exactly. And there's a lot of research into this, if it's a viable way of sort of, as I say, making a physical space, because you can't have massive warehouse size games because people will, will, well, you you can't physically afford, as an entrepreneur, I can't can't have that as a startup cost. I was going Uh, to say that would be a massive startup cost. Yeah. So you need to have this, you know, these creative ways of thinking, okay, how, how will I how I work with this and which is why I'm sort of looking into this redirected walking um, as maybe a viable way of sort of navigating the room but it is remarkable how you can because basically VR is tricking your brain into thinking you're somewhere you're not so it's utilizing every element of that to sort of go let's put you in a in a real world yeah (laughs) well 
what advice would you give to students who are, would be in your same position uh, in first year who are going into university or they're currently in their second year and they're looking at the startup journey or looking to become an entrepreneur and start their own business? What advice do you have for them? I'd say the I would speak to as many people as physically possible. You know, I've spoken to people at the uni who are nothing to do with the business school who have been more than happy to help me with things, you know, whether that be 3D modeling or 3D printing or, wh- or whatever aspects you want. If you speak to the right people or speak to someone who knows someone else, you can gain so much information and you can talk and you can sort of pitch, almost pitch your idea in a way. You can, you can discuss your idea with various different people at various different levels mm-hmm. and get their, get their experience and sort of see what they think you know like with the if say someone wanted to start to start a business at, at university the startup journey will give you the leg up in understanding how to start a business you know on a business course I learn about everything else as in mm-hmm. how to deal globally with companies what different culture aspects but physically formulating a business idea is something I've learned through the business startup journey so if you if you feel like you want to pursue sort of entrepreneurship and starting a business, mm-hmm. just speak to people at, at the university or even if you're your own person who's not at university, you know, there's plenty of resources, information online um, and you can even get in contact with, you know, entrepreneurship groups. So exactly. there's a lot of information and resource for young people who want to start up. It's just taking the initiative to find it and sort of capitalize upon that um so for if i sort of go back to the business startup journey though because as as that's what i've started with it it i worked with people that weren't on a business course you know you haven't got to be from a business course background or you do marketing or you know people when they're from sciences or you know literatures or history or there was there was various different people various different courses and i think that was where I sort of went, oh, okay, and anybody can literally be an entrepreneur at this point. You haven't got that, this business knowledge. You know, you can learn it. 100%. And being an entrepreneur isn't about knowing everything. It's about finding the people who know the right things. And exactly. That, especially when you're at university, you, I think people don't really understand that they have industry experts in, within the rooms that you can just go and speak to and get, pick their brain, get their knowledge, you know, get their expertise for free. <laughs> it's just Literally there for, for free. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, what, that's what I've said. Cause like, um, obviously there's the age old, uh, you know, sort of argument. I speak to my friends who haven't done university. They're like, well, you've just spent 9,000 pounds and you're in debt. And uh, But if I tell them all about the knowledge experience and different aspects, rather just outside my course, mm. it's, it pays its way tenfold. You know, if you try to, go on a course and you would have to pay for it as as sort of um, someone who's not in education mm-hmm. to, to do either startups or learn entrepreneurship it would cost you a lot of money but we can do it from a perspective we'll do that as well as oh we'll go and speak to an industry expert and 100%. have the access for nothing you know it might just be an email or a team's uh, chat literally that, that's all it is and you gain so much from that I think, you know, the people that miss out on that opportunity is, is a huge missed opportunity. 100%. It's just taking the initiative to go out and do it. Oh, like, most definitely. You just have to really put yourself in a position where you're no longer comfortable, 
but it's that's going to get you the best growth and the best results at the end oh it's, and and it's having the ability to go i don't know everything yes i'm a union yes i understand it, and this is my baby of a business mm-hmm. but you don't know everything and you'll never know everything you know there'll always be someone who who is an expert in something and having them go you're wrong on that or you could do with tweaking it to make this better and taking their advice on it really shows your growth 100% I completely agree well thank you so much Lewis um I want to give you some free promotion so please plug your socials for everyone <laughs> excellent well I think the the one thing is obviously if anybody wants to get in contact with me it's obviously Lewis Squire on you know LinkedIn would be the best um and as I sort of develop the reality room further and want to have people come and engage with it. I'll be making plenty of posts about that. So hopefully whoever's listening might want, might want to experience VR or have it, have experienced VR before. Um, it'd be great to have feedback from all different types of people. So uh, just sort of keep up to date through that. Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us today. Lewis. It was a pleasure talking to you as always. And some great insights. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Bye.